Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Throughout history... Men have debated the identity of Jesus and have varying viewpoints concerning who he was. Napoleon said, I know men, and Jesus was no mere man. A German rationalist, Strauss, described Jesus as the highest model of religion. John Stuart Mill's as the guide of humanity. The French atheist Renan, as the greatest among the sons of men. Some in our time have referred to Jesus as the ultimate superstar. Some people would say, Jesus is all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) In our text this morning, Jesus asked his disciples a very important question, and it's a question that we all have to answer. What do you say about Jesus? Now, at this point in chapter 9, we're in the last year of Jesus' earthly ministry. Jesus has been investing and training and preparing for two years. The disciples have learned many things from Jesus. They seen incredible things, the healing of the sick, the raising of the dead, the casting out of demons. They saw, remember last week, were you with me? They saw the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. This morning, listen, Jesus is going to begin to move away from, if you're taking notes, away from miracles to teaching, from works to words, as his disciples will learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I titled this sermon, The Followers of Jesus. Luke chapter 9, we pick up our study in verse 18. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. And it happened. As he was alone praying that his disciples join him, and he asked them, saying, Who do the crowd say that I am? So they answered and they said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. But he said to them, but what do you say that I am? Or who do you say that I am? And Peter piped up and said, the Christ of God. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one. Interesting saying the Son of Man must suffer, underline that, many things, and be rejected, underline that, by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, underline that, and be raised, underline that, the third day. And then he, Jesus, said to them all, in verse 23, are you looking at it? 
If anyone desires to come after me, let him do what, saints? Deny himself and do what? Take up his cross when? Daily and what? Follow me. For whoever in verse 24 desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention, if you will. Luke shows Jesus, as you read the Gospel of Luke, Luke shows Jesus praying seven times in his gospel and each time at a major crossroads in his life. But it's very, very interesting as you study the gospels as a whole, it is quite interesting that I don't recall Jesus actually praying with the disciples. Interesting. So verse 18 tells us that Jesus was alone praying and his disciples walk up And Jesus asked them the first of two questions. Who do men say that I am? You will find this story if you're taking notes. You can write this in the margin of your Bible, Matthew chapter 16 and Mark chapter 8. You'll find this same story in both of those chapters. It's at this time that Jesus is in the northern part of Israel in the area of Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi is located 25 miles northeast of the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus travels by foot 25 miles north with the disciples. And by the way, it's uphill, which tells me something, saints. There were no gyms in Jesus' day. Amen. They didn't need a gym. They got plenty of cardio. I get the impression Jesus was probably ripped. (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? Have have you ever like just sat in your meditating time and just go, you know, I wonder if Jesus was ripped. (laughs) I mean, all this cardio they did, they walked everywhere And they traveled everywhere by foot. Now, it's interesting that Jesus would ask them this question. Listen, saints, it's very interesting that Jesus would ask them this question in this area, in the area of Caesarea Philippi. You see, if you travel to Israel with us, we'll take you actually to this area. Caesarea Philippi is a different location. Don't get it twisted in the Bible from Caesarea by the sea. Caesarea Philippi is in a mountainous area. It is beautiful. And when you get there, there's this huge rock. It is a massive, massive, massive rock. And in the rock is carved into it a cave. This cave was carved in by the Greeks, and they called this place uh, Paneos, Paneos, after the god Pan, because they believed that the god Pan was born in this cave. So they had found 14 temples in this area, and they go all the way back to Baal worship. This area was also not only important to the Greeks, but also important to the Romans, because the Romans built a temple there to Caesar Augustus. So it was a place of worship for the Romans, the Greeks, 
and the people of the Old Testament. You know, it's almost as if Jesus deliberately took them to this backdrop of religious significance and asked the question, who do men say that I am? Only Jesus, think about that. Think about this. Only Jesus could ask this question. Only Jesus. If you ask this question or I ask this question, it would pretty, pretty much sound pretty arrogant, wouldn't it? I mean, you walk into the coffee shop, your buddies are there, you walk in, you go, hey, who do men say that I am? <laughs> Everybody look at you and go, who cares? I mean, it sounds pretty, doesn't it sound pretty arrogant if you ask that question? But listen, if Jesus asked that question, it's important. Why? Because Romans chapter 10, verse 9 tells us, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. So your destiny is attached to this question. Your destiny. Look at verse 19 in your Bibles. As Jesus said, who do men say that I am? They said, some are saying you are John the Baptist. Now, there are things, listen, that we understand about John the Baptist that John the Baptist didn't understand about himself. And one of them is that Jesus said John was the greatest prophet who ever lived. Listen, John didn't hear Jesus say that. Jesus said of all of the prophets who ever lived, John is the greatest prophet. Keeping in mind, saints, John is the last of the Old Testament prophets. He did no healing, no signs, no wonders, and yet Jesus says he was the greatest prophet who ever lived. Greater than Elijah, greater than Isaiah, greater than David, greater than Abraham. He's the greatest prophet that ever lived. Listen, the greatness of John, here's why John was the greatest prophet. The greatness of John was that he was the prophet that the prophets prophesied about. I'm going to say that again. He was the prophet. This is why John was great. Because John was the prophet that the prophets prophesied about. He was the prophet who had the privilege to take his finger and point to the prophesied one and say, behold, the Lamb of God. Isn't that a lot of peas? He's the prophet who the prophets prophesied about. And he pointed his finger at the prophesied one and said, behold, the Lamb of God. That is a lot of peas, isn't it? But that's the greatness of John. The greatness of John's ministry was that it was a ministry that was clear. It was a ministry that was more correct than the other prophets. And it was more current than the other prophets. But listen, the people didn't know that. And they didn't appreciate that. And they were amazed at John's boldness and John's, and John's courage. John was not only a forerunner, but he was also a reformer. John was calling the people to repentance and challenging people about their sin. And John was calling the religious leaders a brood of vipers. And John was pointing at the political leaders and calling for reform. And we're pointing at the political leaders calling for health care reform. I'm talking to the family this morning and the things that they've had to endure with this cancer for three years, something needs to happen. I don't know what, but something needs to happen. John was a reformer, and Jesus asked the question. Jesus also was a reformer. 
Well, some people thought that's all he was. But Jesus asked that question, who do men say that I am? Now, if you go to South Point, listen, you go to South Point and you ask people this question, you will get all kinds of answers. Some will say, well, I don't think about the Messiah at all. Some will say that Jesus, did he really exist? Some people will say, oh, he was a really good teacher. Some people will say he was a really moral man. He gave us some good standards to live by. Some people will tell you that Jesus is a prophet like Buddha, Confucius, and Mohammed. Listen, all of these things, please hear me. All of these things are good things to say about Jesus. But do you understand that Jesus is not interested in your compliments? He wants your complete surrender. Did you hear me? Jesus is not at all impressed because you compliment him. Oh, he's such a wonderful guy. He's such a great teacher of moral man. He's given us good instructions for life. Those are all compliments. Jesus is not into compliments. He wants your complete surrender. He wants you, he wants you to give him complete control of your life. Do you understand Jesus is not even into you making him a priority in your life? I've heard people tell me, oh, I need to make Jesus a priority. Listen, Jesus doesn't really care whether you make him a priority or not. I need to make church a priority. I need to make Jesus a priority. Jesus is not even in the priority. He's not impressed. He doesn't want priority in your life. He wants preeminence in your life. Not priority, preeminence. Not compliments, control. Surrender, complete and total control. What separates Jesus from every other religious figure is the fact that he made himself to be God. There are some people who will say Jesus never claimed to be God. I'm like, these some people have never read the Bible. Let the church say amen. Amen. They've never read the Bible. I'm amazed at what people say about the Bible and they never read it. If you're going to comment on the Bible, then please have the respect to read it. Okay, I'm back. (laughs) It's crazy. He never made himself to be God. He never claimed to be God. Yes, he did. Now get this. In every major religion of the world, get this. The teachings, not the teacher, is important. In every major religion of the world, the teachings, not the teacher, are important. Confucianism is a set of teachings. Confucius is not important. Islam is the revelation of Allah with Muhammad being the prophet. Buddhism emphasizes the principles of Buddha and not Buddha himself. This is especially true of Hinduism. Hinduism has more than 750 million believers and no founder. Isn't that interesting? The Hindu religion is open to interpretation and is a collection of paths to wisdom that is based on human reasoning rather than divine authority. In Christianity, conversely, listen, what Jesus taught, please hear me before you judge my comment. What Jesus taught is not the important thing. What Jesus taught is not the important thing. What is the important thing is who Jesus is. Do you understand? 
That's why people get all caught up in, well, he was a good teacher and he was a good moral man and he taught us all things. Listen, what he taught is really not, although good is not the important thing. It's who he is. Jesus did not just claim to be teaching mankind the truth. He said, I am the truth. Jesus did not claim to be able to show you the way. He said, I am the way. Jesus, listen, did not claim to have life. He said, I am life. What he taught is not the important thing. It's who he is. Jesus didn't claim to be one of many ways. He said, I am the only way. Not one of many. And listen, if Jesus isn't the only way, then he is not any way to God at all. If there are many roads to God, then Jesus is not one of them. Because he absolutely claimed that there was only one road to God, and that road was him. And if Jesus is not the only way to God, then he is not an honest man. And if he is not honest, then why should we believe anything he says? Don't you understand? Think about it. This is basic reason. You know, it was Josh McDowell who said he called this the trilemma, lunatic, liar, or Lord, the trilemma. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Some people are saying you are Elijah. Now, remember Elijah because he was a miracle worker. Still others are saying that you are one of the old prophets. Matthew chapter 16 tells us some say you are Jeremiah because Jeremiah was a lamenting, weeping prophet. And some were just lumping Jesus into the prophet pot. Notice in verse 20, though, would you please look at it? The million dollar question, who do you say that I am? Peter said you are the Messiah, the anointed one. Now, this saints, listen, is fascinating. This old, smelly fisherman, probably overweight, hasn't been trained, are you listening? Hasn't been educated, hasn't been to cemetery, I mean seminary. (laughs) Some of these seminaries are more like cemeteries than what they teach. That's another sermon, we'll leave that alone. But he hasn't been to seminary. He's untrained, uneducated, and yet he gives this incredibly deep spiritual and theological answer to Jesus. How? Because in Matthew chapter 16, please read this in your own time. Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus said to Peter, Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Jesus says, listen, Peter, this isn't something you analyzed and figured out on your own. Peter, this was taught to you by the Holy Spirit. You were taught this by the Holy Spirit. If what you learn is not taught to you by the Holy Spirit, you don't know anything. Some people are really impressed with their degrees, and they've got so many letters after. They got the alphabet after their last name. 
Some folks been in school for 30, 40 years, been to seminary. They've been to every school trying to learn about this book. I can tell you something. The knowledge that is gained from this book is not gained by studying in a classroom. The knowledge that's gained from this book is the, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And if you, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands right there. I'm going to wait. It's by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Peter is an uneducated, unlearned, untrained, fat, smelly fisherman. He doesn't have an MDiv. And I'm glad he didn't have an MDiv because if he had an MDiv, that's a master's in divinity. If he had a master's in divinity, he probably would have gave Jesus some theological answer. Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And Peter probably said, would have said, well, you are the eschatological manifestation of the Imagno Dei. And Jesus would have said, what are you talking about, Willis? I'm a what? You call me what? I'll pop you upside your fat head. No, I mean... Jesus wouldn't have said that. He wouldn't have said that. I said that Jesus wouldn't have said that. Peter didn't give Jesus. Are you kidding me? Peter didn't give Jesus his textbook answer. He answered from his heart. You are the anointed one. You are God. You know, sometimes your education can get in your way. Don't you know, we talked about last week. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Is there anything wrong with going to college or anything wrong with going to seminary? No, but don't look to that for the anointing of God. Do you understand? It's good to learn, but don't look to that. What happens is we go to seminary and people think, well, you go to seminary, you come out of seminary, you should go pastor a church. No, this pastor thing is about anointing people. This is about calling and you don't call yourself to this. I didn't want to be a pastor. I've never been to seminary. Y'all know my story. I've never been to seminary. Seriously. I've never been to seminary. I just barely got out of 12th grade. Y'all know any of my fellow just barely got out of 12th grade people? Raise your hand. Come on now. Y'all know. Tell the truth. You're in church. I just barely got out of 12th grade. Man, shoot. I, and I didn't want, I didn't want to go into the ministry. That's not what I wanted to do. I didn't prepare. People ask me all the time, all the time, what school did you go to? What seminary? <laughs> what college did you go to? Harvard. You know, like all these schools and stuff. I go, no. Well, what school did you go to? Oh, I went to UHS. UHS? Oh, we've never heard of this. UHS? What is this college? What is this seminary? I say, UHS, I went to the University of the Holy Spirit. And they go, oh, (laughs) that's all I did. I didn't have time for college. I had Cheerios to put on the table for the kids. I didn't have time for college. Anything I know, I know it because he taught it to me. Anything I've learned, I've learned because he taught. That's what people tell me. They ask me all the time, well, do you mind if I take this comment from you? And do you mind if I say this and, and you know, that kind of thing? Look, you can say whatever you hear me say, because trust me, it didn't come from me anyway. It came from him. You can have it. I hear people selling their sermons. Have you ever heard that before? Anybody? Anybody? People sell. Y'all don't know that. People sell their sermons. They sell them. You can go online and purchase people's sermon. Why would you purchase? 
Why would somebody sell something that they got from God? Did God sell it to you? Why would anybody sell something that came from the Lord? Peter just answered from the heart. Notice in verse 21, we got to move on. Jesus strictly warned. You're looking at verse 21. Jesus strictly warned and commanded them not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Jesus says now is not the time for PR work. Why? Because they had a conviction in their hearts, but they didn't understand the full implications of Jesus being the Messiah. Many Jews were looking for a Messiah who was going to set them free from Roman oppression and not set them free from sin and death. And so they had a witness in their hearts without fully understanding it wasn't time. And Jesus went on to tell them what he really came to do. Look at verse 22. The son of man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised the third day. You know what I have written in my Bible next to verse 22? The gospel. The gospel. Don't you see that? This is the gospel message. The son of man must suffer, be rejected, killed, and raised. That's the gospel message right there in a nutshell. So this is the first time that Jesus openly, clearly said, I'm going to die. Now, again, look at me. Matthew chapter 16. It was at this point that when Jesus started telling the disciples that he was going to die, the Bible tells us that Peter took Jesus aside. Can you imagine this? Jesus says, I'm going to die. Peter, you got to love Peter. You just got to love him because he's just like you. So he takes Jesus aside and says, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus goes over. He goes, Jesus, you got to stop talking about the dying stuff. I mean, it's not good. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.